So I think bioindividuality is absolutely key. It's why you'll never have a pharmaceutical product that will ever address any of these conditions totally. well, because how somebody got to the state that they're in usually was multifactorial and complex and layered, right? So there's never like a silver bullet that is there to help solve the problem. So you kind of have to look at, e you know, you have to look at each child as an individual and look at their history and, and understand what precipitated their condition. Welcome to the Experience Miracles podcast, where we help parents find hope, answers, and drug-free help to overcome your child's chronic health challenges. I'm your host, Dr. Tony Ebel, and I'll be sharing my experiences as both a dad and a doctor on every episode. I can take the latest science and neurology of healing and break it down in the most simple and relatable way possible. We'll take on the toughest topics and answer your biggest questions through interviews with other amazing parents and leading experts, leaving you with practical action steps that you can take to help your child heal and thrive. It's time to expect and experience miracles. Let's get started. All right, parents. Oh man, I get excited every time we get to have a podcast episode and dig into this conversation about bringing you hope, answers, and drug-free help on your healing journey for your kiddos. But uh, many years ago, I got to meet uh, all the first meetings were virtual for years, right? Which is kind of how a lot of our relationships uh, can happen in today's digital world. But I uh, Got to work with our amazing guest, Beth Lambert, here over the last many years through some just kind of crazy, but super cool connections from our website guy to other professionals. And so we definitely have been living and serving in the same circles for a long time. And now over the last couple of years, have really been able to form um, a collaboration and a relationship that um, the two of us and our organizations are all focused on one thing. And that's you guys and your kiddos and getting you the resources, getting you the awareness, getting you the action steps, what you're going to love about Beth and why we had to have her on super early in this new podcast is she's just a woman of action. And so with that, she is the founder and director of Epidemic Answers, an incredible nonprofit organization that is fully dedicated to reestablishing vibrant health in our children. And, and really working towards optimal outcomes, full potential, which is something I'm definitely going to have Beth take us through here today. Um, she's a creator and executive producer of the Documenting Hope Project, which I, I'm reading the bio, but can we just pause on the words documenting hope? You will learn why it's called that today and what they are doing. And I've never heard a better name for an organization in my life. Pretty jealous, honestly. Okay, um, Documenting Hope is amazing which is a multi-year research study and media project that examines the cumulative impact of environmental stresses on health. She is taking the bull by the horns. That's our favorite term is raging bulls. We are, we are synonymous in our wirings that way by monitoring and documenting the escalating rates of childhood chronic conditions for over a decade. Um, she's an author of two incredible books and I'm judgy with my books because a lot of them are fluffy. I don't have action in hers, I'll say it again, are very action-oriented and the mother of three amazing kiddos. So that's what's on paper, Beth, but I'm not done with your intro yet. In person, got to meet Beth at their incredible Documenting Hope conference last November in Orlando. We're going to talk to you parents about that. Um, this is going to come out with plenty of time to get registered for the 2024 Documenting Hope conference. And I was able to be there and speak and share with other amazing presenters including, um, so my favorite best story out of many is uh, Dr. Mercola. If you're in the natural health world, you probably know that name, Dr. Joseph Mercola, who was speaking uh, just before me that day as well. But he spent multiple hours of preparation in the sunshine, shirtless, and then he proceeded to do a presentation which told all of us in the room, we cannot eat any food, we cannot drink any water, and we cannot breathe the air and that's what I wrote down anyways from his presentation. I've been in quite a few of those presentations over my journey in natural health. So I was joking with Beth about this afterwards. And I said, how are you feeling after that? And uh, what are we going to eat tonight? And, and she said, well, someone's got to set the bar for the rest of us. And so that perspective you shared, Beth, is my favorite. And I'm going to segue it into our podcast episode. Um, you guys, Beth and I have been in this work for a long time. So especially if some of you are early on your journey, when you find this podcast and this episode, and we start getting into really in-depth healing conversations, looking at the Documenting Hope project and research and how many different things they're looking at, 
promise you this, if in the middle of the episode, you feel overwhelmed, like, whoa, that's a high bar, do not worry. Both of our organizations are designed to come along, hold your hand, partner up and guide you to your healing journey with kiddos. I think they do that best in the world. And so that's why I'm excited to have you, Beth. So if you could, um, please take us back to those first, you know, your healing journey with your kiddo, those first books, your own investigation and, and your own personal story as a mom that then sparked incredible healing and then sparked all of this incredible work that you do. Let us let us in on the backstory here, my friend. All right. Be happy to take you through the the story. Um, it really started, I was in graduate school and had uh, two children, two young kids, you know, three and, you know, 18, 15, 18 months, something like that. And um, my oldest child started showing a lot of symptoms that were mysterious. And they're the kind of symptoms that I knocked on the door of a gastroenterologist, dermatologist, allergist, um, trying to get an understanding of what may, may be going on. There were no diagnoses. It was just a bag of symptoms. Um, but they were concerning enough. I went to a psychologist because there was behavior elements, but it was really just so many things going on that felt overwhelming to me. A tantrumine that lasts all day long, just mysterious, right? Um, and I think it was a gift that these symptoms were mysterious because it made me not fall into a diagnosis bucket. It, oh. it made me keep searching, so when I kept searching, I just, by good luck, ended up in the office of an integrative physician who uses functional medicine and looks for root causes. We did some labs and um, I just saw that things were out of balance. Like that was, it was as simple as that. Like things in the gut were out of balance, gut microbiome, um, some nutritional deficiencies, not because she didn't eat a healthy diet, but because she wasn't utilizing the food going in, like all these kinds of things that we discovered. And soon within nine months, we did some special diets, deep nutrition, um, worked on in with a different number of practitioners who did things a little more holistic, a little bit, maybe even woo-woo, might someone might consider. But within nine months, we were we were turned around and we were on the road to a completely different kid. And my second child started slipping down that slope of symptoms, but she never really went down that path because we turned it around and around. So our whole family changed her life. We learned about the environment and how it impacts your health. We learned about diet and how it impacts your health. And we learned about um, different kinds of healing modalities. It was the first time I went to a chiropractor. It was the first time um, I had heard or thought about acupuncture. I mean, all these kinds of things that were not really in my world. I used to work in pharmaceuticals, actually. Yeah. I don't know if you, know, but yes, I did. Yeah. Um, but so that, so, you know, it just sort of opened me up to what was possible at the same time. While I was, um, you know, going through that journey, and we had such incredible success in, in a relatively short period of time, um, I was just starting to notice all of my peers had kids with things going on. Like I would be in a baby play group, and everybody's kids seemed to have reflux, and everybody was on Prilosec or Prevacid, or like the diapers that people were changing were all just like explosive diarrhea all the time. And, you know, then you start talking to the grandmothers and you're like, did the, do babies have explosive diarrhea? Is that what's supposed to be going on? You know, did you have reflux medications when, when you were bringing up your babies and you start realizing things are not right with the kids? And then the diagnoses started coming. Then I had friends who were getting diagnoses with autism and their kids were getting ADHD and all these kinds of things. And then my alarm bells started going off. Something is not right here. And because I was in graduate school at the time, I was in a very sort of academic uh, mindset. And I was like, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to figure out why these kids are sick, what's going on. And so I started researching and just spent, you know, about a year and a half researching, talking to doctors, talking to parents, talking to nurses, talking to teachers, trying to understand like, Hey, what's happening with kids? Like, what are the statistics? What do they look like? And once I learned that the statistics were appalling, you know, you have the vast majority of American children diagnosed with something when in the 1960s, it was like less than 2%. What has happened to the way that we're living that might be making our kids sick? So that really that set me off on a um, on a journey to understand why our kids are so sick. But I'll tell you, the most um, empowering, inspirational part of that journey was meeting parents who had yeah. reversed their child's condition. So not just mine. And again, my child was like no diagnosis, just a bag of symptoms. But I started meeting parents who had kids with autoimmune diseases and autism who were like, "Yeah, my child used to have autism." Yeah. I was like, "What?" I thought that was genetic, you know, so I had that awakening and that, and I was like, wait a minute, if you're telling me that there are all these kids out there that have these diagnoses that they're suffering from and, and they're thought to be lifelong, 
But wait, there's this whole other paradigm out there that sees them not as lifelong and that they're reversible. Why on earth are we not running as fast as we can to that paradigm? So that's really my origin story in all of this work is just seeing and knowing and understanding what is possible for our kids and then seeing how we are treating them in the conventional medical community. And it's like, that is a travesty. I mean, it's an ethical and moral responsibility for us to step in the way and say, we can't send kids into the like pharmaceutical model. We got to get to the root causes and help them thrive. It's totally wild when you look at it in their scope. If you just kind of take a minute and you go, okay, well, what would life be like over there in the conventional pediatrician, the conventional specialist, the conventional medical office? And the crazy thing is it's just so closed off. And what you just said there is exactly analogous. I think it's why we get along so well. Our journeys are, are so I, I, I wouldn't beat it. I was an academic. I was a nerd taking a certification and, and learning about autism. So it didn't hit my family first, right? Oliver, our story would come second. So, but I, but I do think it's the duality of those two things. When you have that academic investigative brain and you just want answers, you want real life answers. So the stories are going to go there next. And then you want the science answers as well. I, I firmly believe, and I know you guys do over there, we're publishing both, right? You're, so your bio said, hey, we're a research, resources, media, because we, we need both. So, But what's crazy is I've always had this thought. I can't imagine not taking action if just one singular mom told me my child had X, autism, epilepsy, anything, and I did Y and Z, and they got all the way better. Now, as a doctor who has literally taken an oath and committed to helping kids, it's blown my mind, like here where I practice locally, you know that every single conventional pediatrician here has met many of our patients better. And we know these moms who are listening to this podcast, once their kid gets better, they become like you and us. They don't get quiet. They get loud and they're going to go in. So they're going into these offices and I know they're saying, hey, we did pediatric chiropractic. We shifted the environment lifestyle and my child is fully recovered from autism. If somebody told me that I would grill that person, I would follow them through every step of their life and say, I've got my notepad. You need to tell me everything you've done because I just left another room with a child with autism. I'm going to another room next with a child with this. I need to know what you know and what's wild is, and we can move on from this, just just stating what we all unfortunately know, they don't do that. They do not ask the questions. And I'm pretty firmly convinced because they're already pretty aware of the answers. And so if they begin this journey with us, and many have, you have some incredible, you know, we have to blanket statement on a podcast. Like that's why we're kind of saying conventional or general pediatrician versus a functional integrative, like the folks that are on our teams. So let's go to those stories. Let's start there. So PX Docs, we go hope, answers, and help. So we love to share stories, real life healing journeys, and then let that lead us into the science and the action steps. So what were those first reverse stories that you heard? Do you have a favorite? It's impossible to pick a favorite or two, Um, or maybe ones you guys are working on now that you've recently published. What are some stories of full recoveries that just stick out in your mind and your heart? Tony, there are so many. There are hundreds of them. Yeah. I mean, I've been documenting these stories. Again, that's the, the the origin of the name, Documenting Hope. I've been documenting these stories for 15 years. And the stories, I mean, I, I tend to hear a lot of autism stories because the autism parents yeah. are incredible and they work hard and they get yeah. it done. And so there's a lot of those stories which is actually surprising for the number of autism stories of recovery stories that are out there that it hasn't really permeated into the mainstream system yeah. as much as it you would think it would have. Um, but uh, rheumatoid arthritis and um, life-threatening food allergies, um, all kinds of autoimmune conditions, asthma, like all these, these are the things that I've heard about over the years. I think the most, um, the ones that I'm really drawn to are the ones where it wasn't overly complicated in terms of what the kids needed, but it was hard work for the parents. And that usually yeah. was around like diet and lifestyle modification. So like a couple of my favorite stories, we actually just released one and you would have seen this at the conference um, about a um, boy named Dominic yeah. who was diagnosed with severe nonverbal autism. And his mother implemented a whole bunch of strategies, but her core and her focus was certainly diet and nutrition. 
And, um, you know, she used the body ecology diet. Um, there's a number of stories. I use the body ecology diet myself, but there's gaps. She's the gaps diet. Um, sorry, she's the gaps diet. I'm thinking of somebody else that did body ecology, gaps diet, body ecology. There's all these, um, different kinds of, um, paths that you can follow in terms of diet. But at the end of the day, it's really about nutrient dense food that your child's body wants and needs. And you, you have to sort of overcome some of the the cravings that are there, the sugars and the processed foods that we're all so accustomed to that are part of our culture. Um, there's another story we have. Um, oh, and I should have said that that child is now fully recovered. Yeah. Um, you know, he's absolutely a typical teenager now, like yeah. a typical 14 year old. And, and his mom helps people do this yeah. work as a health coach too. So, um, and that's, that's one of the most inspiring things I, I see is that the parents who take purpose from pain where they take this, you know, difficult yeah, or trying yeah. thing that they went through with their child, and then they go out and they teach other parents to do it. Jackie, Tracy, everybody who works on our team, we haven't placed a job wanted ad for a care advocate and a support person on our team for years because these moms come in, these hardworking boss lady, we're going to get this job done moms. They get it done. We get to help them be a, be a key part of that. And then they say, okay, well, I, I got to help other moms find this, do this. It's it's incredible. And the effectiveness of them in coaching and guiding families, I'll say this, 100% being not, they're so much better at it than doctors. We just get too into PubMed and sometimes we're like, oh, you need me to help, you know, figure this out in real life because you nailed it. This is hard. Pediatric chiropractic, which I, we'll break down the elements and the sequence. You know, we're going to get into the sequence, right, of all this because it's our favorite conversation, you and I, but like, it is hard. You know, no kids aren't Parents don't have to adjust their kiddos, but getting to a clinic every day or three times a week, you know, along with the rest of the schedule. So I just wanted to double tap on that because it's also my favorite thing about inside these healing stories. When you look through them and to them, it's that mom and that dad that just busted their you know what to make that healing happen. Moms, dads listening, you're the freaking heroes. Our job is to just coach and guide and adjust. But but you're the hero. You're the full on, you know, quarterback on that scenario. So when you look at those stories and you see them come to full potential, I, I'd love to kind of go a little bit granular from those for a second. So what I know you guys are seeing and now researching and will be publishing with both the CHIRP study and just the whole component of it is because here's a frustrating part. So let's let's talk about this one. A lot of families get engaged. So we'll just stick with autism, right? Because I do think it's a, it's a, you know, it, there's a big network and a big community that's like, we're going after this. As soon as you open up the hood, which we all do, to what's really causing autism, you do find multiple elements. It's rare that you're going to find a singular, oh, it's just genetic or it's just toxins or it's just stress on the nervous system. Now there's a sequence to that. So parents, where I'm going with this is, is it can be overwhelming and confusing because you're like, I'm at a conference or I'm in this Facebook group and I talked to this family and once they went gluten-free, casein-free, got the nourishing foods in and cleaned up the diet, that kiddo, boom, you know, full healing. Well, the person sitting next to them did the same thing, same diet, same everything, and maybe more of a limited response. And you could go on down the list with, they did this and it worked great. But then the family next to them did this and it had a limited response. So what gives? Well, the science gives us the answer. And what I love that you guys are doing is you're providing these in-depth case histories. You, you take the word in-depth to a degree with the CHIRP study, right? And now, because you're doing in-depth case histories and an in-depth, and all your providers know to do an in-depth analysis and exam, like we do at PX Docs, now you can personalize the care for that kiddo, right? So I know with Dominic's story, his case history really led them to how, and his analysis and his labs really led them to say, okay, we know what we need to do here because you provide that personalized and customized care. How, how, do, how important is that part, the individual assessment for each kiddo, which is hard for us to do on a podcast, but it's what we do day to day, right? Right. So I think bioindividuality is absolutely key. It's why you'll never have a pharmaceutical product that will ever address any of these conditions totally. well, because how somebody got to the state that they're in usually was multifactorial and complex and layered, right? So there's never like a silver bullet that is there to help solve the problem. So you kind of have to look at, e you know, you have to look at each child as an individual and look at their history and, and understand what precipitated their condition. Now, having said that, 
there are common things across the board that we see. There are patterns that are true for most children, especially, you know, live in this country in this moment. And why is that? Because we live in a culture and our culture does things that are common, you know, across the culture. So like the food we eat, you know, the fact that we use Wi-Fi and it's everywhere in our environment, the fact that there's toxins everywhere, those are things that are in common, right? So like I would say that if you're, you know, you want to address healing a child as a bio-individual, you start with the common things. Yep. You clean up the environment, get rid of as many toxins as possible, go as natural as possible. You clean up the diet, get it as clean as possible. So those are the things, again, that are common and anybody can do. And any child's going to have some benefit, even if it doesn't yep. get them all the way to this state of magnificent health. They're going to benefit from those basic and common features. Now, the, the bio-individual piece really kicks in when you look at that child's history. And you might see things like, okay, mom had a thyroid condition uh, during pregnancy, or the child had birth trauma, like maybe there was vacuums or forceps involved. And each of those things I just mentioned is going to require maybe a different type of approach, like what that child needs to get back into balance, because those kinds of stressors, those health stressors are going to cause unique physiological responses in the body. So knowing the history is really, really important, not just of the history of the child, history of the mom, sometimes multi-generational, right? Like we know the field of epigenetics has found that there are signatures of grandparents who had trauma, you know, coming down the line, right? So it's important to understand where is this child coming from? What have they been exposed to? What have their experiences been? And we designed the CHIRP study um, to basically provide a vehicle for figuring that out. And we basically just ask parents who participate in the study to tell us everything about their medical history and their child's health history and what they're doing now. What are they eating? What are they drinking? What are they exposed to? What do they do every day? How many hours are they on the iPad? What kind of toothpaste do they use? Like anything that, that might influence your child's health positively or negatively, we ask that question. Why do we do that? Because that's where the answers are for that child. You know, yeah. you'll, you'll know whether this child has... Um, vision issues, or they have auditory processing issues, or you'll know whether this child has a toxic overload that they have to address first. So every child's different. And bioindividuality is the key to getting that child to their place of vibrant health. Yeah, you, this is so guys, you can now see as Beth and I started to get to know each other and have these sort of conversations, because what we're talking about First off, conventional doctors definitely don't do. But also, when you move into this world, the work we're now in the thick of with this conversation, it's it's not easy. I'll tell you this, um, just as a personal, as a neurologically focused pediatric chiropractor who is obsessed with personalized, custom-tailored care plans for our kiddos and found. So, so, so the answers I found to put together this perfect storm and figure out what really was, is causing autism through all these cases it was through deep dives into paperwork, case history, intake form. The thing that other doctors skip over, they have you do it, but they don't really read it. And then you roll in, you're like, you have you, like, hey, what brings you in here? The 17 pages of paperwork you made me fill out. You clearly didn't read it. You know, so this is going to go great. But we're the opposite. I mean, we train our doctors on this like you wouldn't believe hours and hours of training on something seemingly black and white, right? A patient fills out an intake paperwork. We go through it and and we go through it. We go deep. And so when I started to get to know Beth and I was like, wait a minute, you guys do that too? Because I had kind of felt like we were a little bit on an island as pediatric chiropractors and working in this functional neurology space that we didn't just cookie cutter care for a kiddo based upon a diagnosis. Because in the early stages, and Beth, you know this as well as I do, even in the early stages of kind of natural health and so forth, it was still just using uh, the same protocol for everybody. You know, it was gluten-free, casein-free, probiotics, digestive enzymes, chelation. It, it, I got frustrated when I got into kind of like the autism one world. It has much improved in, in different organizations, but I felt like they were just cookie cutter natural medicine, right? And and that's not how you're going to get results through this. And so the word that Beth shared there is my favorite. Beth is an honorary pediatric chiropractor, by the way. Okay. Uh, this woman would be a world-class pediatric chiropractor on day one with the way she thinks, because we are obsessed with what's called pattern analysis. Now, mom and dad's simplifying that, looking for clues, CSI, putting the story together via story, 
And the better you are at pattern analysis, the more specific and custom tailored you can create a care plan. And we're very, very particular to use the word care versus treatment because the way you help a child to find a cure is you don't go after the cure, you go after the cause. You address the root cause into that in every single way. And so what's amazing for you parents out there, when you get a provider like a PX doctor, they're going to take the time to go through an individual case history deep dive, like you've never seen a doctor do for your child, and then a neurophysiological and functional analysis so that we know the exact sequence and batting order with which where where your family needs to focus. That way you don't feel overwhelmed. You don't feel like you have to do 144 things at once. And what I love about the Documenting Hope Project is that's exactly what they're doing on an individual scale. And then we're going to be able to put all this together, right, Beth? And you're going to be able to really prove those patterns like, hey, on a percentage, mathematical, statistically proven basis, birth trauma is a big deal. EMFs are a big deal. Antibiotics given before the first year of life, they're a big deal so that we can more globally scale up on platforms like this and help parents with that batting order. So when you see that sequence, you knew this question was coming from me, right? Even if we had put it on the sheet, you knew it was coming. When you see families go about their healing journey, I'm going to take you a different kind of frame here for a second. What are some of the most common places you see them get stuck? I, I don't at all. I, I don't. The word in my hand that I don't mean to use is mistake. They're not making a mistake because you don't know until you go. But where do they get jammed up where it looks like on paper, on Facebook groups, they're, they're taking the right things, but they'll hit a plateau or they'll hit a stuck point with their child's healing process. What are those kind of jam up points and where would you direct them to get to more foundational levels of healing so that they can get optimal outcome? I know that's you, a nerdy question, but I think you track it. You're going to love it because it involves the nervous system. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, this was actually my own experience on my own healing journey. And I've seen it again and again and again with parents when they, they, they do reach a plateau often. That's a very common phenomenon. Like for instance, you take the, you take the gluten in the, casein out of a kid's diet and you see an improvement. Now you take the sugar out and then you see improvement. You see these like incremental improvements as you're working on all the things that you're learning about and you know you need to do. And then there comes a point where you see no change and you're like, yeah. but I'm, I'm still working and nothing's happening here. That's the plateau. For me, the plateau was somebody said to me, you need to work on yourself. Yeah. You need to regulate your own nervous system. Because when my kid was impacted. I was like, I am going to solve this. I'm going. And I, my adrenals were just like pumping because I was like, once I heard it was possible, nothing was going to stop me. I think the raging bull is a, you know, an appropriate kind of analogy there. And that isn't what your child needs at that moment necessarily. You know, you might need that to get you started and get you motivated and, and inspired to move forward. But you, you, our children are so tightly locked into our nervous system. And if we are pumping cortisol and we are just in a state of stress, they're reading it. They're reading it in their bodies and their physiology. And what are we trying to do? We're trying to tamp that stress down, all kinds of stress, right? Toxic stress, emotional stress. So if mom's like, take your supplements. Yeah. That isn't, that's not going to help. Get to sleep. Sleep is so important. That is so common and it's natural and it's forgivable. And it's what it, it's because we love our children that we get to that place. Right. Somebody said it to me though, as a parent, and I was like, oh my God, you're right. I really need to work on myself. So a lot of times it's like, if you feel like uh, you're hitting that plateau, it might be just taking a moment to look internally. You could do your own labs, for instance, yeah. to find out what's going on physiologically with you. You could go for your own adjustment. You could go to acupuncture. You could do all these things to help yourself to build your own resilience and your own strength because you're going to need that for your child. So yeah. I and and so, and and so many parents feel that sense of like I'm not spending a dime on myself because my kid needs it and they're sick. Yeah. But that may not be what needs to be done. You do need to work on yourself and and get your own health and your own nervous system regulated before you can then, you know, yeah. give what your child what your child needs. I that I cannot Thank you enough for taking us there because that's not the easiest. You, you got to have lived there as a mom, right? 
to have the neurological adrenal exhaustion street cred to share that story, right? It's 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 real life for so many of us. And I love that. We've always um made this joke slash it's kind of a um unwritten procedure at PWC where the moment we read this, which we read this often, okay, we've got a kiddo coming in, locked into the perfect storm. Their nervous system is sympathetic dominant, vagus nerve is shut down. And, and usually for a lot of our chronic illness kids, their nervous system is so dysregulated, it's gone off what we call the sympathetic cliff, meaning it's exhausted. They're, they're not just wound up anymore, they're worn out. Well, when that has occurred, when they're th at that stage of their journey, you better believe mom and dad probably went off that cliff sooner, actually, right? Because the later, this is a neuroplasticity conversation. Later on in life, we're also less resilient than our kids are. So that's a huge benefit to our kiddos and their healing journey, which we can go to next. And it's also just a massive reality that we need to face. So the unwritten procedure is like the airline companion pass. Every kiddo with autism and chronic illness that we take and we get started with, my hope, my dream, and and our procedures, we we lovingly, empathetically push hard to get mom adjusted early in the journey too. Because I've seen it again and again and again, Beth. The only cases, there's two scenarios, back to pattern analysis, that I've seen in 16 years of clinical practice where kids do not respond to neurologically focused chiropractic adjustments. Because the coolest thing about this kind of chiropractic is what I mean, we get to cheat. When you when you when you measure us up against all the other healing mechanisms, we're coming in strong. One, we tap into the nervous system, which controls the gut, controls the you know. So we're going right to the mainframe. And two, it just works no matter what a child's up against, or no matter what their case history was, because all forms of stress impact the nervous system the same. Chemical stress, emotional stress, physical stress, all locks into the nervous system. So that allows us kind of this healing advantage, if you will. But the two scenarios that I have seen time again, that even a kiddo won't break through what we call a launch point with chiropractic and we can't get their scans better, which I want to go to that next, HIV. It's when mom and dad are so consumed by this raging bull battle that they have the kiddo overstressed and overscheduled. And you said it, it's so real life, it's so understandable, and it's so forgivable. And so if I can, if, if us, we can sit down knee to knee with those families in that moment of overwhelm, because that kiddo's nervous system just can't heal when it's going a million miles an hour, right? And the family is as well. And the second one is the more common one. If the lifestyle this is less of a hindrance than I've ever had in my career. When I started, nobody knew about gluten-free, casein-free, red dye. So the battle to get families healthier was much harder for me years ago. I run into that one way less because of amazing organizations like yours and other doctors. But that conversation, and I'm, I'm taking a long time to recant it here, but like, I don't see many people have that conversation with parents. I lived it six weeks with Oliver. If I hadn't been getting adjusted in the NICU, there's no way I would have the resilience to go in there and get him out of there, right? So I had that cheat code. So putting that all together, it's HRV. If you want to write one thing down from this podcast episode, when Bess says, hey, get your nervous system checked for you and your kiddo, there's a technology you can learn all about it on our website um, called heart rate variability. And if I were to take all of the testing that we could tell you about for hours and hours of podcast episodes that you would want to do for your kiddo with autism and everything in between, HRV is the single most important test for moms to do. So let's turn that to the positive side. So <clears throat> now we got a family, they're in the right sequence. They're getting the child's nervous system regulated. They're getting their environment figured out. What, what do they need in terms of community? And what do you guys provide in terms of community so that they don't feel alone? Because this is freaking hard. And the last thing you want to do is take it alone. Yeah. So this epidemic, and I call it an epidemic, people yep. are always confused by that term, but it's an epidemic. Yep. This epidemic is cultural, 100% cultural. It is, there are plenty of other um, human societies that, um, that have, you know, thrived for millennia, but our culture is making our kids sick, just the way we're living. So if you decide that you want to make your kid healthy again, you actually have to live counterculture. Yes, ma'am. So 
what think about that like the one of the most foundational parts of being a human being is belonging and feeling like you have a culture and you have a place and you have a home and you belong and when you pull yourself out like i can't take my kid to that birthday party because they have cupcakes and my child can't eat it and that'll be so traumatic and i can't have my child wear you know use that face paint because it's toxic and all the other kids are like you start looking at all the things that are normal as part of our everyday culture and you start identifying them as stressors on your child's body it is the worst feeling ever because you're like how my mama fed me how, how my friends eat how uh, you know we celebrate our holidays it's all toxic our schedule like the sports and the activities and running here and there the pace of life is toxic so i it is that feeling of being like oh my god i don't have a home i don't have a culture i have to live differently from everything i know that is a tough feeling but the minute you find one other mama or one other father out there who's also doing the same thing you are you're like oh i'm home there are other people like me and then guess what it is so much easier to do a different diet to live a more healthy lifestyle and then like you said it's way easier today than it was even 10 or 15 years ago because there's all kinds of influencers on social media that are like advocating natural lifestyles whereas before they'd be like oh you're so crunchy and that's so weird or you know it's it's just a different time but the single most important thing you can do if you're going to embark on this healing journey is find a community of people who are also in doing that. So we have a couple ways um, to connect with other members of your new community. Yes, um, we have an online membership community called Healing Together. We call it Healing Together because that's what we should be doing, right? This isn't healing alone in your closet by yourself. This is Healing Together. And this is an um, online private community that you can join and you can connect with other parents. We have a forum. We have health coaches that answer questions live. We have integrated physicians that answer questions live. Tons of resources about like, how do you make diet changes? How do you clean up your environment? All those kinds of resources are in that community. But more importantly, you get to connect with other parents and live. Um, and, then, and then what was really great is this past year, we launched for the first time ever our conference and our Healing Together community. And so what was really wonderful is we had some, some parents from the Healing Together community that went also into the conference and the hugs and the, oh, totally. good to see you. And just, they were able to connect in person. So our conference is another really wonderful place to meet people. And I'll tell you the super exciting part about that, talking about community. I have a neighbor, I talk about her all the time. She's one of my best friends here. She's um, got a child with type one diabetes. And um, she, um, this was new and sort of suddenly cropped up and she knew me and the work I did and before her son had this. Um, and then when he got diagnosed, she's like, I'm going to heal him. That's it. And type one, as you may know that I hear, I have collected lots of stories. Yep. Uh, type one, I've only collected adults that have reversed type one. Very challenging for a variety of reasons um, to reverse this condition, but it's an autoimmune condition. So why can't it be reversed? So this mom, is, was like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to reverse type one in my, in my son. So she goes to our conference, finds a bunch of other moms there who have kids maybe with some other conditions, but also have type one kids. And they all started getting together. And they're like, who's talking about healing type one? No one? All right, let's do it. So now they have a community that they're building of all these parents that are now using all the same principles that have been used to heal these kids with autism, which is essentially autoimmune. Yes, and arthritis and all these other things. And now they're like learning from these other parents about how to apply this for type one kids. I think that the type one community has been left behind because everyone is terrified of messing with it because it, you, you can, a child can go into a coma, a child can die if that's not managed properly, yeah. but you can heal and support the body no matter what the condition. Now these parents are working together and sharing resources and, you know, sharing doctors and different kinds of approaches. And like, how amazing is that? Whereas before they would have been on an island by themselves thinking they were crazy. These are my favorite ones because I think we're so supporting moms and making sure you're getting adjusted, you're healing. That That's not a conversation very many people have at all. And very few people bring up this community and healing together conversation. I am... Uh, you, you might have to go back and check the email stats. I might have been the first person to email Beth when the email came that the Healing Together community launched. Because, And then I probably was also the most excited first email when the Documenting Hope Conference came out because I, again, get to cheat. I'm going to lean in my history with this. As a chiropractor, we are used to 
living against the grain. In fact, I think God made chiropractors with a natural inclination to love that. <laughs> now, like you're the happiest, you want to know why chiropractors are so happy and so healthy? Because it's pretty good over here in counterculture, okay? It's, it's unbelievable how much your nervous system regulates your health and just all the principles you learn, how much we support each other. Chiropractic has always been kind of this smaller group of healthcare. You know, we serve five to 10% of the population. The craziest thing about chiropractic is nine out of 10 people don't go, right? Regular, because chiropractic has done a horrendous job of branding, communicating, and so forth. And then, you know, <laughs> illegally, there's lawsuits about this. You can look up to what the medical profession did. But the reason, but if you flip that, where I'm going with this is, but if you talk to 10 people who do go to a chiropractor, 9.9 .9 of them love them and will never leave them. They feel like this is my life. This is where I belong. I had a mentor who this statement to me early in my career has everything to our practice and my purpose and, and what we're now building with PX Docs. He said, you know, I want you to write this down and remember this forever. When you go to build a practice, you know, you got all the clinical stuff, then you get, unfortunately, unfortunately and unfortunately, right? You got to deal with all the business stuff. So you're going to be tracking these numbers over here, over there. He said, you have one job and you need to do this. You need to build a community within your community, meaning people need to feel like they belong to your practice. Moms who have those concerns that have been dismissed need to have them heard in your practice. Moms who don't have those answers that the doctors and the Google searches haven't provided them yet, you need to provide them those answers. And then what we've chosen to do very actively on a brick and mortar local scale is connect moms together. We have our perfect soaring workshops. We have our raising healthy kids workshops. Every month we have wellness events. Most of our moms, and, and we actually really encourage it with the young ones when they have little babies, we're like, why don't you, after your adjustment's done, just, we don't have a waiting room. We call it the community room. Why don't you just go out there? You, be in no hurry. Just go hang for an hour and let some veteran moms come link up with you. Let some veteran dads come link. People will schedule play dates at our office, but we have great snacks too. So um, it's a, it's a, and coffee, you know, it's a fairly good move to schedule a play date around your appointments, but I'll be done with this. Guys, you got to check out Healing Together, the community that Beth and them put together, and you have got to join us in person. Digital communities, awesome. Instagram communities, awesome. Hugs in person in Florida, in Orlando, in November, awesomer. And so you got to get to that. And I want you to feel a part of the Experience Miracles podcast and the PX Docs community as well. Um, Beth, I think you know this, and I'm always looking to you for guidance as we build this because you're ahead of the curve from us. I first set out to build a directory. You know, pxdocs.com was going to be, I needed a directory. We, our socials and stories and science go viral. And people say, who do you got in Charlotte? Well, you know, needed to have a directory. And then Dr. Josh Axe, one of my best friends and mentors said, dude, you can't just have a directory. You need to empower and you need to provide resources, write some articles, put, you, you love to educate and empower, turn it into a, a platform for education and empowerment. So we did that. And then really just praying and looking at it and being like, God, what do you what do you really want us to do with pxtalks.com? And really over this last 12 to 18 months, the podcast being a big part of this, um, we're building a community. And we're going to connect, you know, we're going to build a, a, a community around this neurologically based healing that listens to moms, lets them know they belong here, lets them know they're heard, and then gets them the answers and the drug-free action steps. And we're going to build a big old community with you guys because to me, PX Docs, Documenting Hope, Epic, they're all one. We're a big we're a big community, and it's moms and dads who are empowered and getting the job done who will take over and shift healthcare. And and that that cultural pendulum will swing in our direction. We are we are like going to be the 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 leaders of this. We are running the front of this shift. So big time. I think we're about to be the Stanley water bottle of uh, healthcare here pretty soon. I just realized this the other day. You know, I'm one, I'm a dude. So let's start there. Two, I'm a dad. So, you know, I pay attention to very few things other than, you know, neurology and, and sports and a few other things. My, I grew up on a farm, like a real actual, not an Instagram farm, okay? Not like where you wear a card heart for the photos with your two chickens, like an actual farm, you know? 
And my dad had a Stanley thermos that he took ever. And I, I didn't even ever knew it was a brand because my dad never gave any craps about it, right? To that. But anyways, okay. This podcast is not sponsored. One day, if we have a PX Docs and Documenting Help branded Stanley water bottle for you at the conference, you'll know we've made it. <laughs> if, if they're still around. I, I agree with you, though. If they're still around, we'll see. We will be for sure. All right. So last questions for you, my friend. Um, we've mentioned them, but uh, the research studies. So there is a lot of organizations here, Beth, who provide resources and webinars and education and so forth. I have met very few who have put the investment and gathered the team. You have some of the best doctors and, and professionals in the world on your team. Um, so can you give us just the nuts and bolts of each of the research studies again, and then please give them the website and information where they can go learn about them and get involved in the research, because that's what's going to change the game. Sure. So all of this information can be found on documentinghope.com. We have two IRB-approved research studies. One is the CHIRP study, which I mentioned, which is the most comprehensive environmental health uh, survey that I know that exists. Um, it takes the average parents a couple hours to fill it out. Um, we are in the process of moving it to a new uh, platform. So that will be launching again this spring. So it's on hold right now. Um, we've uh, had over 2,000 parents enroll, 500 completed surveys, um, and some a, a bunch of partial data in there as well. Um, so that one's so interesting where we're learning as we were talking about, like, what are the biggest stressors? The, the biggest factor, um, the biggest takeaway that we've learned so far is that total load, which also you refer to as perfect storm. And I've used that a lot as well. It's a real thing, meaning like kids who have more stressors, you know, their load is greater. They have worse health outcomes. That is the clearest thing we're seeing in that in that data so far. So that's the CHIRP study. And any parent can participate who has a child between the ages of one and 15. So if you go to documentinghope.com and you just get on our email list, scroll down to the bottom, get on our email list, we'll let you know when that opens again. And it's really valuable to participate because you don't just get to help us um, you know, pursue this science and get more information. You actually get a personalized report. And that personalized report highlights all of the things that are stressors in your child's life. So let's say, you know, we ask some questions about a moldy basement. We would highlight your moldy basement as a stressor because that's actually an immune stressor for your child. And let's say you put in something about um, your child getting manicures every week. That's a stressor and we're going to highlight it. So those are the kinds of things that um, you'll you'll get out of participating in the CHIRP study and so much more. Um, and then our second study is the FLIGHT study. And these are acronyms. Um, the FLIGHT study is an intervention study where we're taking a small group of children who have a chronic health condition and we are tracking them as they move through a, an 18 month long program where we're basically doing you know what the chirp study does which is assess all the things that are out of balance in this child assess all the stressors and then we're doing our very best to help the family guide the family to remove the stressors and give them bio individual care and we have a px doc um, that we're working with in that study. We also use a developmental optometrist, functional dentist. We're, we're using, it's multidisciplinary, transdisciplinary kind of study. So we're not just looking at the child in terms of like the toxins and the nutrition. We're looking at like what is going on with this child from a whole child 360 degree perspective. And we're trying to help that family course correct. And we're documenting it along the way by taking labs, things that you can measure and blood, urine and stool. And then we're also documenting it on film. And we have tons of short films that we put out on Instagram. So you can follow us on um, at Documenting Hope on Instagram or Facebook, and you can see some of the progress of these kids. We're going to be releasing a new blog post coming up about one of the children in our study who has alopecia universalis and um, an electrical exposure he had that may have precipitated yeah. his condition. So tons to learn from following along with these kids, and we'll hopefully be enrolling more children um, as we as we move through the program. So it just it's, it's really great to just follow along because the learnings uh, are just endless um, yeah. from both CHIRP and the flight study. They they truly are. I, I can be a true voice for that. Um, few people probably out there have spent as much time, as many years and hours studying this stuff, right? I've been to all the conferences and read all the books, listened to all the podcasts. And as they were presenting the data, as, as Beth knows, I was literally taking furious amounts of notes. I immediately had them come on and, and share it with our tribe and get to, because I just, haven't seen anybody find it with this much clarity and that bio individuality that we spoke about earlier 
that's a that's a real big thing and so it's getting done with these two studies it's amazing so and i know we're already we're going to be chatting with jc and the team and we're going to be coming down strong to orlando so also on documentinghope.com is that where they can find information about the conference as well yeah so the conference we have not um launched the website to purchase right. tickets yet but any day now but it's going to be november 15th through 17th at the Omni Champion Gate, Champions Gate in Orlando. Again, if you're on our email list or if you follow us on social, you'll get um, an announcement when those tickets are uh, ready for sale. That'll be any day, it's very soon. We're gonna have a great lineup. It's gonna be um, another incredible event. So if you wanna hear me teach about the perfect storm, science, Vegas nerve, dysautonomia, and drop a ton of random dad jokes and farmer stories live, then that's where in person, uh, that's where you need to be. I do think I took a slightly different tone than sometimes people think when you hear about vagus nerve and dysautonomia, right? They're like, this guy's gonna be a nerd. Well, I am. <laughs> it's fun, it's fun and funny you're talking. Actually, I should say that your talk is, we've recorded everything on video and we will be releasing those videos so people can actually see your talk from the 2023 conference um, in the next couple of months. So again, if you're on our email list or you follow us on social, you'll get that information and you can hear your your speech. Awesome. Awesome. Beth, I I don't want this to end. I I just, you know, I just love talking to you about all of this. Definitely plan on coming back and jamming us, jamming with us again on the Experience Miracles podcast. I know one thing too, parents, that uh, we have planned with the Documenting Hope and Beth and her team is to do more collaborative Instagram lives webinars, summits, and um, we'll just be, you'll see stuff happening from us together because we are one community and one tribe who is fully committed to finding you and giving you first the most important healing ingredient, which is hope, and knowing that kids are resilient, they are plastic, they are designed to heal, and then we'll get you the resources, then we'll get you the action steps, then we'll get you the health coaches, the PX doctors, and everybody to send you into action in the right direction. The number one action we would love for you to do is to subscribe to this podcast, rate this podcast, and share the heck out of this podcast. If you just got done listening to Beth all the way through this, you know that she really got into exactly what families need to get their kiddos. Not just, that's what I love about you, Beth, not just kind of healed, not just sort of healed, not let's see how it goes healing. Let's get this job done right and and go for optimal outcomes and full potential because that's what you guys deserve for your kiddos so please share the heck out of this podcast episode drop it into those facebook groups share it on your instagram stories wherever other moms and dads are who you know are searching for hope answers and help get them the experience miracles podcast get them connected to documenting hope and beth and her organization all the information will be in the show notes and and on the site with that and in our emails and our newsletters make sure you're on that so Beth, we love you. Talk again soon. Thank you so very much.